If you've been going around the good old internet looking for the right podcast to fulfill your New York Yankees needs, well, I'll be the first to deliver the good news to you. You have found it. Here on Yapping Yankees with me, your host, Mike Scudero, you and I will be discussing the latest news, takes, and talk throughout the entire Yankee universe. Oh, and there may be some ranting on my behalf. Yeah. Anyway, what do you say we get to it? Let's get to yapping! Good afternoon to my fellow Yankee fans, and welcome to episode 56 of the Yapping Yankees podcast, where we yap about the Yanks and nothing but the Yanks. As always, I am your host, Mike Scudero, here on this Sunday, July 19th, 2020. Now let's get things started by, as always, giving our shout out to the Team Left Jab United Radio Network, as well as Grunt Talks MLB. First up, as always, Team Left Jab. They feature Team Left Jab Uncensored and the Team Left Jab United Radio Network. Go follow Team Left Jab on all social media platforms at Team Left Jab and check out their great sports content across anywhere that you find podcasts. Apple, Spotify, Blog Talk Radio, iHeart, you name it, the list goes on everywhere, guys. Be sure to check out Team Left Jab. And our other shout-out goes to Grunt Talks MLB. Visit their website, grunttalksmlb.com, to see all of their baseball content and where they feature Yapping Yankees. Also follow the man behind the website, Darren, on Twitter at YankeeReport28. Special thanks to Grunt Talks MLB and Team Left Jab for helping spread the word every week about Yapping Yankees. And also, as a reminder, guys, be sure to follow me on all social media platforms. You can find my Facebook fan page at Mike Scudero NY. You can find me on Twitter, which is the app I am most disgustingly active on, at Mike Scudero. And you can also find me on Instagram at Mike Scuds. 97. And guys, also, please don't forget to go subscribe to the Yapping Yankees YouTube channel. Guys, I am amped. Opening day as of today, July 19th, here on episode 56 of Yapping Yankees, is only four days away. It is upon us. All the while, COVID test results have looked great in baseball, now at a total of 21,701 tests and only 93 total positives, just 0.4%. And that's all since the first round of testing started. So let's hope it stays that low and even gets better. But of course, no one even likes to see one case, but only 93 out of well over 21,000 tests. That's positive news. Those are low numbers. Also, we had inter-squad games wrap up for the Yanks on Friday night. The Yanks played their first exhibition game last night at City Field on television against the Mets. And despite how fun inter-squads were, since it was still baseball, it was just great to see the Yanks face off against another team instead of themselves and actually see the game broadcasted as it usually is, center field camera and all. <laughs> and obviously fans weren't there. And there was actually filtered in crowd noise too, cardboard cutouts and the whole nine. But you get what I'm saying. We're just getting really close. Intrasquad is wrapped up. First exhibition happened last night. It was just so freaking nice to see a real looking game with two separate teams versing each other instead of teams versing themselves in an Intrasquad. Again, not that I have a problem with Intrasquad. It was still baseball on my television, but it was nice to see a real looking game again. Really gave you that sense that opening day is truly just around the corner. And there was awesome news regarding a very important Yankee and the fact that he officially 
officially rejoined the team as of a few days ago and is quickly getting ready to miss little or no time after testing positive for the coronavirus, and he actually is in the lineup tonight in the second exhibition game against the Mets, but tonight it's at Yankee Stadium. And since he is in the lineup, I guess that means he would be ready for opening day? I guess only time will tell us. So guys, clearly we have some stuff to get to today, huh? <laughs> a lot of stuff. We'll cover this past week's action from the three inter-squads that have happened since last week's Yapping Yankees episode last Sunday, as well as last night's exhibition game against the Mets, as I just said before. But I won't be covering tonight's game because I'm recording earlier in the day as usual. But I do have lineups for you and just preparation for that game. But when it comes to the game itself, I won't be covering it because obviously it's happening way later tonight after I'm done taping. So I will get you ready for the game, getting hyped up for it, give you the lineup. But that's about it. If you do want to see coverage of the game on my behalf, then just be sure to tune into my social medias. I'll definitely be tweeting about it and just talking about it overall. If you want to see coverage on my behalf, just stay tuned to my social medias later tonight. But that's what we'll do as far as that, guys. We'll go through some talking points from the three intra-squads that happened from this past week. We'll go through some talking points that happened from last night's exhibition game against the Mets at City Field. And on top of those things, we'll also cover which Yankee, as I mentioned before, could be returning for opening day after all, after testing positive with COVID weeks back. And if not for opening day, then definitely soon after, since they're getting ready and working out already. I'll also give an update on Tanaka's progress, and with opening day just up ahead in four days this Thursday, I will also deliver on my promise that I gave last week when I left you in suspense with it what I feel the Yankees record will be once the final game of this shortened 60-game season is wrapped up. And guess what? That just so happens to appropriately be what this week's question is. Only for this week, I left the poll segment as just a question this week without voting options. So I changed up the poll segment a little bit for this week. I just had it as a question that has open response. And I've done this a couple of times before, but it's been a very long time since I've done it. And with opening day just around the corner, I thought that this question was very appropriate. And I wanted to hear what you guys think will be the Yankees' finishing record at the end of the season. So with that being said, let's get right to our question for this week. We will begin on Twitter as we usually do, and as I said before, this week's question is, what do you think the Yankees' final record will be at the end of this shortened season? And we got a lot of replies here, so we'll get into as many as we possibly can. A lot of people predicting what the Yankees' final record will be down in the replies here on Twitter, and we got a few replies on Instagram as well, so we'll go through both social media platforms as always, and we'll get through as many people as we can. But it is pretty weird not reading out results right now, just going straight into the replies because it's an open-ended question, open response, not a poll question. And I'm going to wait to give my prediction for what the Yankees' final record will be until we have finished reading all the replies on both social media platforms. At that point only will I finally reveal to you what I feel will be the Yankees' final record. So let's get right into these replies. Up first here on Twitter, we have at peace now for life, and they say 40 and 20. I'm looking for a huge season out of our boys, providing everyone stays healthy. This is going to be a hard team to beat. Let's go Yankees! All right, so at Peace Now for Life says 40 and 20. Up next, we have at FlashRise013 says, Honestly, I feel it'll be 38 and 22. That's fair. I don't want to say something outlandish, but that's about fair. The AL and NL East are not easy, but that's about the best I see the Yankees finishing. 
All right. And yeah, I agree. Neither division is that easy. I mean, I don't think the Red Sox and the Orioles, as I said last week when we were going over the 2020 schedule, I don't think the Red Sox and the Orioles are going to be much of a contest for the Yankees. And over in the NL East, I don't think the Miami Marlins are going to be any contest either. But teams like the Rays, who quietly have been there for years now, the Blue Jays pitching, which is still a little bit off as far as being a legitimate contender, but the young hitting, the young core that they have there is very dangerous. And over in the NL East, you have the division champion Atlanta Braves, who should give some competition. You have the defending champion Washington Nationals. You have the Philadelphia Phillies, who have their fair share of really good guys. Our very own D.D. Gregorius being one of them. I know a lot of Yankee fans are having trouble getting past that. I know. I'm deeply sorry. But it is true. He's over there in Philadelphia. And you know what? Despite what happened at City Field last night in the exhibition game, I think the Mets can play a bit tough, too. So you're right. With the exception of a couple of teams, I'm not really sure either division is much of a pushover at all. You have your fair share of teams in both divisions that could give the Yankees a run for their money, at least. So I completely see what you're saying right there by saying neither division is really easy. I agree. My final record choice is just a little different, though. At SportsD247-33772 said the same thing as the previous reply, 38-22. and 22. All right, fair enough. At Tegan Graham 23 says, It's been a while since I made a prediction. This is a tough one and really hard to say because of all the circumstances. The Yankees' last 23 games are against the Red Sox, Jays, Marlins, and Orioles, which are very favoring on the Yankees. With that said, I say 41 and 19. Nostradamus is with me. <laughs> and I actually take Tegan's predictions to heart. And I'll explain why. I did mention this on a Yapping Yankees episode some time ago, but I'm going to bring it up to the forefront again, and I'm sure Tegan's going to appreciate this. But really, I'm being completely serious. And I actually still have the proof in my phone for anyone who doesn't believe this. But Tegan made a damn near impossible prediction going back to the postseason in 2019 ALCS Game 1 against the Astros. And I know Tegan personally. He's a good friend of my brother's and a good friend of mine as well. But he sent this prediction to me before Game 1 of the 2019 ALCS. He sent this prediction to me through Instagram in my DMs. And apparently it was because of something that happened in his MLB The Show game that he was playing earlier that day. But regardless, it doesn't take away from the amazingness and the unlikeliness of something like this actually coming true in a game. He DM'd me. That day, earlier that day, prior to Game 1 of the 2019 ALCS game in Houston, the Yankees and the Astros, he messaged me saying that in the top of the sixth, with two outs, a Yankee's going to hit a home run. And if you guys don't remember what happened in the top of the sixth with two outs in that game, Giancarlo Stanton went deep. He had a solo shot to right center field. So that unlikely of a prediction actually came true. And you best believe that we all went absolutely nuts when that actually happened, especially Tegan. But mainly because of that, and a few other predictions Tegan's made as well, he's a really smart kid. With quite a bit of luck on his side too, evidently. But I take Tegan's predictions to heart, because he is really good at predicting things. So 41-19, and 19, Tegan? Alright, I'm taking that to heart. I'll hold you to it. But yes, I agree. And with a prior reply too, saying it all, of course, depends on the circumstances. Of course, the players have to avoid COVID-19, they have to stay healthy in general with injuries, and there are a lot of circumstances that could interfere with this season overall, or a player's season personally. So yes, it obviously definitely depends on the circumstances. Completely agree. But yeah, those last 23 games as we went over last week when I covered the 2020 schedule as well. Those last 23 games definitely favor the Yankees, and if they're in the middle of a playoff push 
and the pressure's on at the end of what already is a shortened season, having those easier games at the end may very well be a big important factor to push the Yankees over as the favorite. Right now, other than Houston, I would definitely say the Yankees are certainly a favorite in the American League before the season even starts, but as you say, there are certain circumstances here, and it all depends on those as well. But those last 23 games could certainly be a difference. So yes, 41 and 19, Tegan. I'm holding you to it. At Bessie Best 77 says 47 and 13. All right, that's a lot of victories. At Laker 477 says my prediction is 42 and 18. All right. At Radio Shaktive 93 says I look at it like this. How many wins would it take to win the best record in the American League? I'd probably say at least 45, and thus I have the Yankees going 45 and 15 at best. All right, and yeah, I maybe see something in the mid-40s being the best record in the American League. Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. At Don Bonnie also says 45 and 15. Okay. At Laura underscore Iceman says 40 and 20. It won't be easy, but the Yankees have the edge over the other AL East teams. Yeah, I happen to agree. Even though I do think the Rays and the Blue Jays can and will play the Yankees tough, at least at times, I do also agree that the Yankees have the edge over them and the rest of the American League East. I, like many others, am very confident in our boys this year. At Hoodie Judge 99 says, gotta go with 45 and 15. Okay, fair enough. At Real Max Fair Place says 60 and 0. <laughs> okay, gotta love the confidence. <laughs> All right, up next we have at MJ Torres 1230, and he says 48 and 12. Already bookmarked it myself. All right, my man, holding yourself to it. You don't even need me holding you to it. <laughs> up next we have at Mountain Gal 456, my good friend and huge supporter Tina, and she says 40 and 20. The boys want it bad. Let's go Yankees. Love the confidence, Tina. Looks like we got another 40 and 20 on our hands. Seems to be a pretty popular prediction so far. Let's keep moving right along here. I want to get as many people in as possible. Up next is at Music's NDMD, and they say 37 and 23. Going to be very hard to get 20 games above 500. Think it'll be a challenge for any team to get 10 games over 500. But I still think this record gets them in the playoffs, even with the American League East title. All right. And yeah, I agree. In a shortened season, it might be tough to get 20 games over 500. Only time's going to tell. We've never had a season like this. And with the circumstances that continue to loom over our heads all throughout, we've never seen anything like this before, like we've seen this year. So yeah, it definitely could be tough to get to 20 games over 500 in a shortened season. At piece of 8-1 also says 37 and 23. I think the O's are going worst to first in the American League. A man can dream, can't he? Go Yankees! <laughs> I don't know about the Orioles, but I see them being one of the more non-competitive teams, to put it mildly. And yeah, a man can dream, but yeah, I don't really see that happening. <laughs> at Javer 31 says 45 and 15, especially if they come out fast. Well, yeah, that's going to be a big thing. Coming out fast, there's no slow starts. You can't go on any major losing streaks this year because it's too short, 60 games. There's definitely going to be a sense of urgency with each and every single game. A season being this short definitely gives every single game just that much more value and necessity to try to get a win. The pressure is going to be on and it's going to be heavy every day. No doubt about that. Up next is at TQA2CI says 42 and 18. Okay. At Cards Vintage says 40 and 20. 
We've definitely had a few of those. Up next is my very good friend at NYY underscore Kate, and she says 39 and 21. Okay, so just under 40 wins. At DMI 199106 says 41 and 19. All right, we've had a few of those too. At Bobby Tat 631 says, like a few others, I think they'll be 40 and 20. The NL East are the teams that will give us the best fight. The AL East, while they have some good rosters, I don't see us having too much trouble with. Yeah, I agree. And as I said before, I definitely think the NL East could give the Yankees a run for their money, for sure. As I said, you have the defending champion Washington Nationals. You have the division champions from last year, Atlanta Braves. You have the Phillies who could definitely make a huge case for themselves. And in some aspects, you even have the Mets. The Mets could definitely give some teams a run for their money. And yes, in the AL East, although, as you say, there are teams with good rosters, I don't think that outside the Rays and the Blue Jays, who I definitely think they can give the Yankees a run for their money, although I still have the Yankees being better than them, of course, I don't see the Red Sox or the Orioles doing very much. The only team in the NL East that I think is pretty much a pushover is the Miami Marlins. But as I said earlier, in the AL East, I don't really see the Red Sox or the Orioles really amounting to much. I could be wrong, but yes, Bobby, I too see some better competition coming from the NL East. As I said before, I agree with that. The Yankees won't be seeing the NL East as much as they'll be seeing the American. American League East, their own division. They have 40 games against the American League East and 20 against the National League East. But I do see some of the better competition coming from the National League East. I do. At Yankees underscore 28 says 60 and 0. Let's go, baby. <laughs> That's the second 60 and 0 we got, I think. All right. <laughs> Up next, we have at team underscore left jab. All right, team left jab. Getting another shout out today. All right. Thanks for replying to this question, guys. Team left jab thinks the Yankees are going to finish at 44 and 60. Okay, so Team Left Jab believes in the Yankees. 44 and 16 would definitely be really good. At TJ Bracken says 55 and 5. Woo! That'd be insane. <laughs> At M She Does It says 47 and 13. All right, lots of confidence flying around about the Yankees this year. I'll take it. Here's my arm. Inject it all into my veins, guys. <laughs> all right, up next we have At Geeter Dunn 923. What an at that is. <laughs> And they say 42 and 18. All right. At DJ Minyard INC underscore says 44 and 16. Okay, fair enough. Up next, we have at 27 Downcast says 53 and 7, 28th ring. Houston misses the playoffs and pigs and blankets are handed out for free on Wiener Wednesdays, a new national holiday. Okay, very detailed there. (laughs) For one thing, as much as I can't stand Houston, I have to say right now, I see them making the playoffs. I think they're blessed for not having crowds in opposing ballparks after what they did this year. I think they would get absolutely creamed. In that sense, they're going to have it easier on them. They could just go in an empty stadium, possibly with filtered in crowd noise. And of course, in general, they're also still just a really good team. You can't deny that. And I think they're just going to go out there and do their thing. They'll probably have some opposing players giving them dirty looks, though, as they deserve. So yes, first off, I definitely want to say I do think Houston is going to make the playoffs. And as far as the, what'd you call it? The Wiener Wednesdays? (laughs) I would be a supporter of that. I love hot dogs. But 53 and 7, that's something else. The 28th ring, I am more than down for that. Let's get it. Next is at 30 Charlie ZZZ says 48 and 12. Mark this tweet. Don't tempt me. I'll do it. At I can do the scarn says 45 and 15. All right, we've gotten a good amount of the 45 and 15 predictions. A lot of people have a whole lot of confidence in the Yankees, evidently. I don't have a problem with that. 
at the goat underscore 12 also says 45 and 15. All right, keep on piling on with the 45 and 15 predictions. And we do have a few more left, but we're going to finish off on Twitter for today with at Eric underscore Pellis. And he says 36 and 24. Good, but not great. All right, Eric. And yeah, I think the 36 and 24 record for a shortened 60 game season is definitely good. But yeah, I agree. It's not fantastic, but I think it would be good. But if you think that's how the Yankees will finish, then fair enough. So we got a lot of replies here in on Twitter. Couldn't quite get to all of them, but we got a lot in for today. Of course, as always, I do apologize to those that I couldn't get to today. I do still read the replies, just so you know, of course. I still read the replies that I don't get to here on the podcast, but I do try to stick to somewhat of a time, so it's not always easy to get to all of them, but I do try. And we did get a lot in today. So as for Twitter, that is all for today with the replies. And as always, regardless of whether I got to you or not, I thank you all for the poll interactions on there. We'll head on to Instagram really quick before we wrap up this week's poll segment, and then we'll recap this past week's intra-squad action, the exhibition game against the Mets last night, and all the news that came out on each day throughout the week as we go along covering each day of action in this past week's Yankees Summer Camp. But for now, let's finish up on Instagram. Of course, guys, the question remains the same. What do you think the Yankees' final record will be at the end of this shortened season? And we got a few replies on Instagram. Let's see what people had to say. We'll start off with Richard Chin. And Richard says, I think somewhere between 38 and 45 wins. I predict 41 and 19 and a World Series trophy. A freaking men. Love that reply, man. I'm a big fan of any statement that ends with the Yankees winning the World Series. (laughs) Up next is at Vincenzo Lombardo, and he says 38 and 22. Okay, as you've heard, we've had some people predicting in the higher 30s for the win total. Then we had my lovely girlfriend at Vic Salimo, and she says 40 and 20. All right, I believe the 45s and 15s and the 40 and 20 predictions are probably amongst the most popular predictions from this question, I'd say, at least from the feedback I've gotten. So Vic adds to that another 40 and 20 prediction. And lastly, as always, we will finish up with my amazing mother, Julia Gina Scudero. And my mom believes the Yankees will finish at 42 and 18. Okay, definitely got a few of those as well. But guys, it was awesome hearing your predictions. And now, before we move on to this past week's action in Yankees news and the intra-squad games as well as the exhibition game against the Mets from last night, the time has come for me, your host here on Yapping Yankees, Mike Scudero, to reveal my prediction for what the Yankees' final record will be this season. Drum roll, please. There you go. Nice. My prediction for the Yankees' final record this year is... 41 wins and 19 losses. Oh, no, please. You guys are too kind. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Oh, God. I don't need you guys to tell me. I know I'm a doofus. (laughs) Oh, boy. But nonetheless, I do agree with all of those who also said 41 and 19. And I swear that is not my prediction just because Tegan said so early on. (laughs) 
Uh, but anyway, in all seriousness, I've been saying 41 and 19 to the people I've spoken to long before I even asked this question on social media for the podcast this weekend. I've just felt it's a fair record for the Yankees this year. I do agree that it might be tough to even get to 20 games over 500 in a shortened season like this. I definitely see what people are saying when they say that. But I do feel that if there's going to be a team to do that, it's going to be the Yankees. And at the same time, I do also think that anything over 45 wins is probably not going to be achieved by anybody. I could be wrong, but right here before the season starts, I just don't think that anything above 45 wins in a shortened season like this is too realistic. That's a lot of wins to get in such a short time. And that's not a knock on the Yankees. Again, I don't see anybody achieving more than 45 wins. That's just my opinion. I do think the best record in the league will be somewhere between 40 and 45. Maybe my prediction of 41 and 19 will be the best record in the league. And I believe the Yankees can achieve that. And as you've been hearing me say for weeks on end now for many different reasons that I'll try to reiterate now, I really believe that this Yankees team, not only this year, but even in the next 5 to 10 years when the Major League seasons hopefully return to normal, I believe the Yankees' time to take over is now. I do believe that they can not only finish with the best record in the American League, but also throughout all of Major League Baseball with this record of 41-19. and All bias aside, and I know all of you are aware of the fact that I can put my bias aside. I've been very fair and balanced since the beginning with this show, and I pride myself on that. I do think the Yankees' time is now, and I do think that they could finally be the favorite to be the best team, not only in the American League, but throughout all of Major League Baseball, and finally win number 28 this year, which, of course, because of the coronavirus circumstances, which have already changed this season more than we could have ever even imagined to begin with, is going to be up to everybody's own personal feelings as to whether this championship is truly legitimate or not. There are people who believe that because of this shortened season, it makes the championship even more impressive and unique, and I definitely understand that side. And then you also have your people saying that a season this short could not possibly or legitimately crown a real champion. And again, that decision is going to be up to each and every person individually. But regardless, a champion is going to be crowned once the postseason is over. And I am a firm believer in the fact that those champions will be, of course, COVID-19 and injuries permitting, the New York Yankees. Not only for this shortened season, but for the next few years, which hopefully will be back to normal, but also for the next few years to come. Even if not consecutively, I do think that within the next few years, the Yankees will be winning more than once. Even without Severino, they have the rotation. They definitely have the offense. Both the main guys and those they have on the bench, their depth is downright incredible. And so is their depth for the pitching rotation. From Clark Schmidt to Michael King to Davey Garcia, they have so many promising young arms there too that could easily slide in and be an effective piece at the back end of that rotation if need be. Clark Schmidt and Michael King more so than Davey Garcia, but you get what I'm trying to say. They have plenty of depth. And although I don't think he's ready yet, Yet, there's no doubt that Davy Garcia does have a great deal of talent. And even Lewisica, who many people, including myself as well, see him more as a long relief guy in the bullpen, but that's somebody, if you need him, that could possibly take over at the end of the rotation too. And of course, even without Aroldis Chapman, I know we're unsure exactly how long the Yankees will have to go without him since he tested positive for COVID. We spoke about that last week. But even without Chapman, I think the Yankees' bullpen is more than okay. You still have Ottavino. You 
You still have Britain. You still have Tommy Canely, Chad Green. You even have Loisica, who I believe could be a killer long man in the bullpen, as I just said before. And we are only scratching the surface. And the pandemic, despite obviously how awful it was, worked to perfection for some players who were recovering from an injury. And these players would not have been ready for the original opening day of March 26th and are now ready to go. Like James Paxton, Giancarlo Stanton, Aaron Judge, Aaron Hicks, and again, COVID and further injuries permitting, the timing seems to be right, and the Yankees, of course, more than have the talent to finally take over and be the champions. The Yankees are going to take over with their starting rotation of Cole, Paxton, Tanaka, Montgomery, and Hap, who we've even spoken about a lot. It would seem like his stuff has definitely improved with what we've seen of him. We heard of how much he worked on his craft throughout the offseason, and then we saw his improvements in the first spring training months ago, and we've also seen him a little bit more in the intra-squad action and he has looked much better. Small sample size, I know, but it's what we've seen. So truth be told, if the one person in J-Hap who many consider to be the main weak link in last year's starting rotation can be significantly better come this year, this starting rotation, along with the rest of the team overall, is going to be straight up unstoppable. The rotation, Garrett Cole, James Paxton, Masahiro Tanaka, Jordan Montgomery, who I expect a huge bounce back from, as you guys know, I've spoken about it many times in the past, how much I expect Jordan Montgomery to take over after he came back from his Tommy John surgery to pitch briefly at the end of last year, and he's going to have a lot more time to pitch for this year and, of course, years to come, and I love his stuff. I love his consistency. You know how big of a fan I am of Jordan Montgomery, and I expect big things out of him going forward. And, of course, Jay Happ, who I just said, if he continues to improve his craft, he was considered the main weak link of the Yankees rotation last year. It was absolutely dreadful watching him pitch. If even he could be better this year, come on. It's not going to be easy to get to this Yankees rotation, even without Luis Severino. The lineup, I mean, come on. The lineup with a healthy DJ LeMayhew from 1 through 9, DJ leading off, Judge, Glaber, Stanton, Sanchez, Hicks... Gardner, Voigt, Geo. I mean, it's just overwhelming. And that's not even mentioning the depth on this team. For backups or bench names, you have guys like Mike Ford and Duhar, Tyler Wade, Mike Talkman, Clint Frazier, who I feel has matured an awful lot since last season, and he's performing very, very well in these exhibition and intra-squad games. It's been great to see that out of Clint. He did something really big last night in the exhibition game against the Mets. We'll get to that later. But the depth is just incredible. Incredible. And then you have the bullpen, as I said before. Britton, Ottavino, Canely, Green. When he's healthy, even Luis Sessa has had his appearances when he's come in and helped the team out a lot. I know he's had a lot of ugly times as well, but Luis Sessa still has good stuff. And of course, when he finally tests negative for the coronavirus and comes back, you have a role as Chapman. Guys, it's the Yankees' time to just take over. Again, COVID-19 and injuries permitting, which we know injuries is a big thing when it comes to the Yankees. There was already a scare last night before the exhibition game against the Mets with Gio Urshela took a ground ball during fielding practice to the the groin, but he ended up being okay, thank God. But injuries, of course, are a big thing for the Yankees. They've had a lot of trouble in that department. So injuries and COVID permitting, it's time for the Yankees to take over and finish with what could be the best record in the game at 41-19. and I'm not sure if it will be the best record in the game, but it could be. 
a record that I think could be very realistic in general based on the shortened season we have, and a record that I definitely think is achievable for the Yankees given just how killer this team is. They could do a little bit better, maybe. We'll just have to see, but this is my prediction. And again, at the end of all of it, even if maybe the Astros or the Dodgers finish with a little bit better of a record than they do, I do expect them, the Yankees, to be the ones holding up the World Series trophy. They'll have teams that play them tough, like the Rays, like the Blue Jays, like the Nationals or the Braves, maybe even the Phillies and the Mets. And yes, some of those teams may deal the Yankees a couple of tough losses throughout, especially on the side of the NL East. As I just said before, I think the Yankees will get a little bit more competition, at least from the National League East. But I'm predicting that it will not be enough to hold the Yankees back from winning the AL East and ultimately winning the World Series. Amen. Right? Whew. What a monologue that was. But we shall see what happens, guys. Because come next week, the season will have started and we will be on our way. But before we move ahead to next week, we still have this past week to recap as far as the three intra-squad games the Yankees did, their exhibition game against the Mets at City Field last night, and throughout all the days from the past week, also hitting on any major pieces of Yankees news that came out throughout. So let's get into all of it and jump back to six days ago on Monday. And on Monday, not much happened other than a sim game, so there's not much to speak about Monday. When it came to Tuesday, the first intra-squad of this past week took place, and a big note from this game is that they actually tested out the runner at second base, which, as I said, is going to be a rule they will be enacting in every half inning in extra innings for this season. At the start of every half inning in extra innings for this year, there'll be a runner on second in order to prevent the game from going for too long. This has been something that's been in the minor leagues for some time now. And by now, you know, I'm not a big fan of it at all. But whether we like it or not, it's happening this year. So they tested it out with Tyler Wade on Tuesday night, which I I think is at least a smart thing to do, since it is going to be something we're seeing this year. Although how often we're going to see it, obviously, is unknown, because we don't know how many games are going to be going into extra innings this year. But since we're going to see it, you might as well practice it. And of course, as I also hinted at last week, and a few others did too in last week's poll replies, if there is a guy that this was literally created for, it's Tyler Wade. So I think it's at least a good thing they at least get some practice in with the rule. So they tested it out in the first inning. And after all, Tyler Wade would end up coming home by stealing third and then coming home in a bad throw by Higashioka behind the plate. So that time it proved to be successful. And of course, just if that's to happen at any point this season in extra innings, another important point that I also did mention in the past, if that run does score in extra innings this year, that's not going to be charged to the pitcher's ERA. And scoring-wise, I'm pretty sure it's just going to be like a runner scoring on an error or something. So on the stolen base and the throwing error by backup catcher Higashioka, Tyler Wade ended up scoring on that. Also in the game, Gary Sanchez hit a home run, and Andujar also looked pretty good out there in left field, so... Those are just a couple of pointers from what happened on Tuesday night. And when it comes to Wednesday, a lot more took place that night. Paxton was on the mound for the first time since intra-squads began. It was great to see him back on the mound finally. I was really looking forward to Paxton taking the mound again. And of course, as I mentioned before and many times prior to that, he was one of a few guys who we've spoken about many times that had the time due to the pandemic to recover and rehab from his physical ailment, in his case, his back surgery. And he's been ready to go for some time now, almost a couple of months, and he took the mound on Wednesday for the first time. And unfortunately, he 
didn't have his best stuff as he gave up a long home run to a returning Aaron Judge, who was back after missing a few days with that stiff neck that he was treated for. Definitely awesome to see Judge back out there and hitting bombs on top of that. And Pax also gave up a missile of a home run to Stanton. And his pitches just overall weren't really as on the money. His command was just a little bit off. The fastball command wasn't great. He even had a hit by pitch to, I believe, Luke Voigt. So he didn't have great stuff. But again, it's just great to see him finally pitch, seeing him out there and getting his work in. I'm sure he'll be fine. And it was also awesome to hear the Yankees announce that Pax will be pitching game two of the season against the Nationals, which makes him the Yankees number two guy in the rotation. So that's a great announcement about a guy who would not have been ready to go for some time had the original opening day date of March 26th taken place. And now he's ready to go for the start of this shortened season. But again, I'm not worried about Pax at all. He's been working hard ever since he started rehabbing from the back surgery, and Wednesday was just his first time pitching on a mound again to live hitters in these intra-squad games. I'm confident in his chances, and as you guys know, I'm still hoping and expecting to at least mostly see that warrior we saw in Game 5 of the ALCS from last year. So, needless to say, it'll be interesting to see how Paxton progresses going forward. But, as I also did say before, it was great to see Judge go deep. Stanton too, of course, which I also love seeing, don't get me wrong. But Judge especially, because he had missed those few days because of the stiff neck we spoke about on last week's episode. And then he comes out and makes a statement right away by blasting a ball into the netting above Monument Park. So, good on Judge and Stanton too for going deep. Stanton's was an absolute laser. He hit it, and he was in the seats before you had a chance to blink. So, really cool stuff. You know what else is cool? Like, really cool? Later that night, a report came out that would make any Yankees fan beyond psyched. And that was that DJ LeMayhew, after we spoke on last week's episode about who Yankee fans would want to see take over for him, if need be, before he returns from having tested positive with COVID, was rejoining the team after his self-isolation at home. This news had me jumping for joy nearly. I was so happy to read that report. To hear that DJ's rejoining the team and could very well be ready possibly for opening day even, it had me absolutely ecstatic as it would any Yankee fan. None of us need to be reminded yet again just how important DJ was to the Yankees last season. We've spoken about it ad nauseum. But of course, this was news that would make any Yankees fan ecstatic, as it did myself. So that is your big news about the very important Yankee who is returning after having tested positive for the coronavirus. DJ LeMayhew is coming back. And also, so is Luis Sessa, who did also test positive for the coronavirus a couple of weeks back. The news about that was released alongside the news that DJ had tested positive as well. We spoke about all of that right when it was released, right here on Yapping Yankees. And both guys are returning. When it comes to your Tanaka update, well, that would come the next day, on Thursday. And on Thursday, there were no intra-squad games, just workouts mainly. But the important piece of news that did come out on Thursday is that Tanaka did throw a 30-pitch bullpen. Just trying to get back into things, of course, after what happened to him. His velocity topped out at 91, and pitching coach Matt Blake said he ranged from 88 to 91 miles per hour mainly, and that he looked good overall. 
He is scheduled to throw again today, Sunday, as Tanaka hopes to be ready very soon after amazingly walking away from that 112 mile per hour line drive to the head again with just a mild concussion. I still can't even put into words just how incredible that is. Tanaka's skull must be made of the same material that Captain America's shield is made of. Freaking vibranium. <laughs> it has to be. Just remarkable. So I hope Tanaka is ready as soon as possible, and I'm sure he will be. This guy's as tough as nails. No concussion symptoms at all at this point, and he's just getting ready to go. Just, <laughs> it's just amazing. Then Friday came around, and DJ LeMahieu officially returned to the Yankees team. He got a workout in in the weight room, worked on some fielding, hit in the cage, just awesome stuff. But he wasn't in the inter-squad game, but he did rejoin the team and was doing all kinds of workouts to start getting ready to get back into things. And that had me hyped more than enough. When it comes to the intra-squad game itself, this was the final intra-squad game, and Garrett Cole was on the mound again, and he didn't have a bad start. He didn't seem overly happy with this stuff, but he didn't do bad, if you ask me. He pitched five and two-thirds, 87 pitches, gave up just two runs on back-to-back -back solo shots, actually, one by Mike Ford and the other by Andujar. So, Ford looked good, and on top of that, when it comes to Andujar, that's the second home run for him in these intra-squads, both of them being off Garrett Cole. Cole. Should mention that, because that's really impressive. So, he apparently sees Garrett Cole's stuff very well, evidently. Good thing they're on the same team and they won't have to verse each other come the regular season. But Cole also gave up just four hits and struck out seven, so still lots of strikeouts. And although he wasn't his best self, he still did good, I think. And he didn't get hurt, most importantly, of course. But other details from the game are that Gio Urshela went deep, he hit a freaking bomb to left field. And Thyro Estrada hit another bomb, his third of those intra-squad games. My boy Thyro just continuing to look fantastic at the plate. Another huge depth piece for the Yankees this season. But there are also a couple more pieces of news that came out of Friday. The first piece of news being that Adam Warren was released from his minor league contract, which, according to Cashman, was a casualty of new COVID rules, but Cashman also said that he'll be re-signed over the winter. And I'm happy about that, because Adam Warren's a good pitcher, I think he's a good long-relief guy out of the pen, I think he has effective stuff, and he's come through in big moments for the Yankees in the past, so I do hope that they, in fact, re-sign him come the winter. And this next piece of news, I'm not even really sure if this deserves to be called news. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. But Domingo Herman put up a really cryptic post on Instagram, apparently saying that he was leaving baseball, which then started a whole bunch of speculation about whether that means he's announcing his retirement. And yeah, everything that happened with Domingo Herman after the whole domestic violence situation, it's pretty hard to feel bad for the guy at all. And I really didn't care much for this news at all. Even less so after it was revealed later on from Herman himself that he isn't retiring. So, uh, I don't know. This might have been just a thing to keep himself relevant again. I don't know what it was, but whatever. So he put up an Instagram post that had people speculating that Herman was retiring, and then Herman later announces that he's not retiring. So there you go. Take what you will from that. How far the mighty have fallen in a year. 
Think back to how important he was to this Yankees team last year, and then everything that came out about him about the horrible domestic violence situation, and how far he's fallen since. But he did it to himself. I don't feel bad for him. He did it to himself completely. We've been over that situation many times, so <laughs> whatever. But moving on to Saturday, this was the exciting day yesterday, because of course it was the first exhibition game, not intra-squad game, that the Yankees played. They went over to City Field and played the Mets at City Field on television for the first exhibition game, and it really had that legitimate game feel. Mainly because, oh gee, I don't know, they mainly used the center field camera again? <laughs> but they mainly used the center field cameras. And obviously they were playing against another team in another stadium, and it really just had that legitimate game feel. Of course, there were silly things going on in the game, like you had the cardboard cutouts of fans behind home plate, you had the filtered in crowd noise. But honestly, I was just focusing in on the game because I was just so glad to have what looked like and felt like a legitimate baseball game back on television again. Regardless of my negative feelings towards cardboard cutouts and filtered in crowd noise, I was just so happy to see what really felt like a legitimate baseball game back on my television again. And it was a really fun game, especially because the Yankees won 9-3, which was awesome. Of course, the game doesn't count. It was just an exhibition game, but it was still fun nonetheless. The Yankees did win 9-3. Michael King started the game. He pitched four innings of one-run ball, striking out three. And on the offensive side of things in the top of the first, Glaber Torres got the Yankees on the board with an RBI single, making it one to nothing. And then in the top of the fourth, Clint Frazier, who, as I said earlier in the show, seems to have done a great deal of maturing, flexed his offensive capabilities yet again by hitting a two-run mammoth home run into the second deck of left center field in City Field, very impressive home run, to give the Yankees a 3-0 lead. So that was awesome to see out of Clint. Then in the top of the sixth, Miguel Andujar drove Giancarlo Stanton home on an RBI ground out, making it 4-2 Yankees. The Mets had scored two runs prior to this Miguel Andujar RBI ground out, one in the bottom of the fourth and one in the bottom of the fifth. And then all the rest of the scoring for the Yankees would happen in the top of the ninth, starting with a two-run single by Eric Kratz, an RBI single by Mike Talkman, an RBI single by Thyro Estrada, and a sack fly by Mike Ford. That would give the Yankees their total of nine runs that they scored on the evening, and then in the bottom of the ninth, the Mets would put that one more run on the board on an RBI single by former Yankee Eduardo Nunez to make the final score what I said it was before, the Yankees winning 9-3. to Now, as of when I'm taping right now here on early Sunday, what's ahead, you might ask? And I shall tell you before we end here today. Tonight, and by the time I release this episode, it'll probably be while this game is going on, so I hope you do enjoy it when it does come around. But the Yankees will be playing another exhibition game against the Mets tonight, but this time in Yankee Stadium. Taking the mound tonight for the Mets is Corey Oswalt, and taking the mound for the Yankees, who as I said, I'm expecting big things out of, and hopefully he continues that tonight, is Jordan Montgomery. And tonight, making his return to the lineup, which may mean that he could be ready for opening day. We'll just have to see when opening day comes around. But returning to the Yankees lineup in tonight's exhibition game against the Mets at Yankee Stadium is DJ LeMayhew leading off at second base. After him playing right field is Aaron Judge. Then batting third at shortstop is Glaber Torres. Batting cleanup and DHing is Stanton. Batting fifth and in center field is Aaron Hicks. Batting 6th at catcher is Gary Sanchez. 7th at first base is Luke Voigt. Batting 8th and playing left field is Brett Gardner. And batting ninth at 3rd base is Matt Duffy. And I cannot wait to see more baseball tonight. 
When it comes to what's going down before I talk to you again next Sunday, don't forget that as we mentioned last week, the Yankees have another exhibition game tomorrow night, but this time against the Philadelphia Phillies at Yankee Stadium at 6.05 p.m. Eastern. Be sure to tune in for that. The next two days after that, Tuesday and Wednesday, the Yankees will be out of action as they prepare for opening day. The next day, which will be on Thursday, July 23rd, as we know, the Yankees, after some questioning about where the game would take place, will in fact be kicking off their season against the defending champion Washington Nationals in the nation's capital, Washington, D.C. And as we know, the huge pitching matchup we've all been waiting for will take place that night. It'll be Garrett Cole against Max Scherzer. I cannot wait. Then the Yankees will have Friday off, and then they'll play the final two games of the three-game series against the Nationals on Saturday and Sunday. And as I said earlier, on Saturday, James Paxton will be taking the hill for the Yankees as their number two starter. But guys, that's what's going down until I talk to you again next Sunday for episode 57 of Yapping Yankees. This is going to be an awesome week. The regular season is upon us. And as for now, that is all for episode 56 of Yapping Yankees. But as always, before we end, let's give one last shout out to the Team Left Jab United Radio Network and Grunt Talks MLB. Team Left Jab features Team Left Jab Uncensored and the Team Left Jab United Radio Network. Go follow Team Left Jab on all social media platforms at Team Left Jab and check out their sports content across anywhere you find podcasts. Apple, Spotify, Blog Talk Radio, iHeart, you name it, the list goes on. Be sure to check out Team Left Jab. And our other shout out goes to Grunt Talks MLB. Visit their website, grunttalksmlb.com, to see all of their baseball content and where they feature Yapping Yankees. Also, follow the man behind the website, Darren, on Twitter, at YankeeReport28. Special thanks to Grunt Talks MLB and Team Left Jab for helping spread the word every week about Yapping Yankees. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms, too, guys. You could find my Facebook fan page, at Mike Scudero NY. You could find me on Twitter, which is, of course, where I am most disgustingly active at Mike Scudero and you could find me on Instagram at Mike Scuds 97. Please do not forget guys to help always spread the word about yapping Yankees all throughout social media. Tell your followers, tell your family, tell your friends, just continue to help spreading the good word about yapping Yankees. I appreciate it guys. I do hope that you SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify listeners enjoyed as always, as well as you awesome YouTubers out there. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button on the Yapping Yankees YouTube channel, and also subscribe and listen to Yapping Yankees on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And while you're at it, listen to the past Yapping Yankees episodes that you've missed. Episodes 34 up to this one, episode 56, are available on YouTube, and all Yapping Yankees episodes, including today's, are available on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Once again, thank you 3,000 for listening. I'm Mike Scudero, and I will talk to you next Sunday, July 26th, when I come at you with episode 57 of Yapping Yankees. Until then, hang in there, be patient, please stay safe out there, look out for your loved ones, and of course, enjoy opening day, guys. I cannot wait for the later part of this week. It's going to be so much fun. So have a good week, and I will talk to you next Sunday, when baseball will officially be back. Take care. Take care.